Man, this is, this is pretty amazing, isn't it? It was, I think it was maybe three years ago, God just put this, this idea in Diamond and I's heart that one day we're going to have a service at Paramount Theater. And at that point, we had maybe like 80, 85 people in our church, and it was crazy. But now, look what the Lord has done, and, and I pray that if uh, this is your first time visiting our church uh, I pray that uh, you, you hear our heart. We have a heart for this city. Uh, we have a heart to serve this city. We believe that God brought Shore Christian Church to Asbury Park to help impact it in a positive way, to, to change some of the, the, the hurts and the darkness that a lot of people have experienced in this city. And uh, we see that God, little by little, is doing that through our church. And we're so thankful that you're here. And uh, man, Merry Christmas to all. And uh, Worship team that was on point. We have some more music that we're going to be uh, sharing with you guys. We're going to have an interactive sermon. Probably, if if you're um, new to our church, we're we're not a traditional church. Um, I, I think this is the first time I've worn dress pants all year, so I had to get them out of the you know back of the closet, but they still fit. So that's that's a good thing. Um, Isaiah chapter nine and verse six. Uh, one of my favorite Christmas scriptures. Um, and this is a prophecy that took place hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born in Bethlehem. And uh, this is what the prophet Isaiah was foretelling. And it says, verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and his peace will be... And have no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing him and holding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the theme that we're going to be talking about this morning is the search for Christmas. And what the search for Christmas really is, is I think that the search for serenity, the search for peace. And there were these three wise men that we read about in Matthew chapter 2, that they were, they were searching, searching for this, searching for peace. And uh, they saw this star at one point, and it tells us about it in verse 1 through 2. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star, and it rose, and we have come to worship him. Verse 7, they it says, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. They saw this beautiful star and began to chase after it, began to follow it. Then he said to them, Bethlehem, so go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship with him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over a place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child, Jesus, with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped Jesus in this, this stable, in this place they didn't expect. And they opened their treasures and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another way. The search for Christmas. Wise men are searching for peace. And all of us this Christmas, we're searching for, for something. Um, I think, what's up, Gavin, my man? 
We're ser- who, what are you searching for this Christmas? Just, just on, on, on the count of three, I just want you to just, just say it out loud. What are you searching for? What are you looking for? What do you want under your tree? What do you want to be blessed with this Christmas? One, two, three. I hope you get it. I really do. I hope you get it. Um, all, all of us, we're searching for something. And Christmas can certainly be a, a time of excitement, but it can also be a time of stress, can it? It can be a time of disappointments. Anyone ever been disappointed at Christmas? You, you wanted something and you didn't get what you wanted. I'm like the master of disappointing people on Christmas, particularly my wife. I don't think there's been a Christmas that has gone by that I have not in some way, shape, or form uh, kind of disappointed her with the gift. I'm not a, a great Christmas gift giver, so what we do is now she just gets the credit card and the Amazon account, and she gets what she wants for Christmas, and we pretend like I got it for her, which I kind of did because it's my money. So, you know, uh, any, any families do that out there? Your, your husband has screwed it up so many times that you're just like, I'll take care of myself this Christmas, ladies. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've definitely uh, been a person who can disappoint during Christmas. Uh, the, the one I probably disappointed the most, uh, uh, it was uh, a few years ago. Uh, my brother-in-law just got his license. And I was really excited uh, that I was able to get a car for him uh, for Christmas. That's pretty, anyone ever gotten somebody a car for Christmas? But I didn't just get him any car. I got him a 1986 Toyota Camry. That I got for $200, and, and I was so excited. There's a picture right there. So excited to, to give it to him uh, uh, on Christmas. Remember this, Thomas? And, and so uh, Dallas is, is, is all pumped. He's getting a car, and, and it's Christmas morning. And, and I know it's not much, but it's something. You know, it, it, it gets you from point A to point B. And so Christmas morning, we're all excited. He, he's expecting this car to run. And uh, so we get out there that morning, we start the car, it, it starts, and, and we're all excited. We're going to go to like 7-Eleven. What else is open on Christmas morning? 7-Eleven's our go-to spot. So we're on our way to 7-Eleven on 18th Avenue in Wall Township. And, and all of a sudden, there, there's something uh, in the front left of the car that, that's acting a little funny. And uh, I kid you not, as we're driving down 18th Avenue, going maybe about 35, 40 miles an hour, the left front wheel flies off the car as we're driving Christmas morning in his brand new gift, a 1986 Toyota Camry, as we are screeching on 18th Avenue, all of a sudden we're freaked out. It was like something out of planes, trains, and automobiles with a, a John Candy and, and Steve Martin where like our life flashes before our eyes. We crash into the side bank and just see the tire rolling down the street. And, and it, it, it's safe to say that my brother expected the car to run, but he didn't get what he expected. Anyone can relate to that. Didn't get what you expect. See, I've been the product of that, and I've also been the recipient of that. Not getting what you expect. And so often, the reason why we're so disappointed many times is because we have an expectation. And when that expectation is not met, what happens, the product of that, is disappointment. 
And what do we do with that? We, we have our coping methods for disappointment. We, we like to shop maybe to get over disappointment or we eat or we, we self-medicate or we uh, get angry or we self-depreciate ourselves or we self-depreciate and attack others to try and make ourselves feel better because we're disappointed. We have all of our methods to, to help heal ourselves from disappointments, but we all face them. Uh, the passage that I read to you of the three wise men, uh, they saw this beautiful star. And they just knew that this star was to, going to lead them to a beautiful place. That this star was going to lead them to the peace that they had been searching for their entire life. That is what people want more than anything else. It's not money. It's, it's not a great career. It is peace in their mind and in their spirits. And that's what these wise men were searching for. And they see this star and they get excited. Get excited, start, starting a new journey, a new dream. And so they start chasing this star. And as they're following this star, these wise men, it leads them to a place they never expected. They thought that this star was, that was going to lead them to the newborn king, that this king would be born in a palace, that this king would be born in a beautiful place. But this star that they were following didn't lead them to a beautiful place. It led them to a stable. It led them to a barn. It led them to a place that they never expected. And when they were led to that place they didn't expect, I'm sure what came from that, just like all of us, disappointment. So how do you find peace in the midst of disappointment? That's the journey that we're going to go on this morning. And in this journey, we're going to take a few different stops. And the first place that we're going to uh, search for, we're going to stop in this search for peace, this search for Christmas, uh, is an obscure place. Uh, not, not like Bethlehem. It's a, it's a little town called Whoville. Anyone ever been to Whoville before? I hear it's in Seaford, Delaware somewhere. Is that, is that correct? Whoville. Uh, and, and Whoville, it's a place where everybody just loves Christmas and everyone sings Christmas carols. And it, it always smells like cinnamon and pumpkin pie and, and, and candy hams. It's a place where there's so much joy. Uh, and the Who's, they're, they're just a loving community except there's, there's one Who who does not look like the rest of the Who's. And this Who, his name is... His name is the Grinch. And the Grinch, like all of us, dealt with disappointment. You see, when the Grinch was, was a, just a, a little Grinch, a little green little Grinch, he had a big crush on another who by the name of Martha May Who. Right? They're all, all their last names are Who. I, I, I nailed that. And, and he, he got his hopes up that, that Martha May who was going to be the one that was going to give him peace. The one that was going to fulfill all his, all his hurts and aches and, and angriness. And, and, and the Grinch put himself, anyone ever put themselves out there with a, with a girl or a guy. And you get your heart broken. And the Grinch was rejected by Martha May who. And so with the spirit of, of, of Whoville and the Grinch, what I want to uh, lead you all, well, I won't be leading you all. Our worship team will, uh, is a song to uh, help paint the perspective of the type of place that Whoville is and the type of person the Grinch is. The Grinch's disappointment was really, and I, I think what is our number one disappointment, in people. Anyone ever been let down by people before? Anyone ever been let down by the 
people you're sitting next to this morning, yeah, just look at me and say, no, never. They're perfect. No, that, that's one of the biggest disappointments that we have is in people. They don't treat us and say the things that we want them to say when we want them to say it. The problem with people is they don't act like us. And the Grinch, the Grinch thought the way to fix his disappointment and how he was treated by other people was very similar to what we do. I'm going to get even. I'm going to get revenge because if I get even, if I get them back, then somehow that'll heal my, my small heart in, in some way. And that has been a detriment to so many people in this world is they have this belief that justice, that getting even is going to bring them peace in their heart and in their soul. And when they finally get even, their heart just grows darker and darker and darker. And what's amazing about the story of the Grinch is how his heart actually grew so much larger. It wasn't from getting even, but allowing him to receive the forgiveness and offer and extend a gift to the ones who actually hurt him. And that, yeah, one person got that. And that's the story of, of the Grinch. And the next stop that we want to make on our, our search for Christmas is uh, at the North Pole. Anyone ever been to the North Pole before? Lovely place this time of year. Uh, and and the, the next place is going to be the North Pole. And the, the character that we're going to uh, talk about and look at from the North Pole that, that has a, a, a great insight on our search for peace is a very interesting character at the North Pole. Uh, this character was born different. This character wasn't born like the rest of his friends, like the rest of the members of his family. And uh, that character was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And, and if you know the story of, of Rudolph, Rudolph was, was kind of excluded, wasn't he? And, and Rudolph just wanted to fit in. They wouldn't let Rudolph play any reindeer games. And, and, and he, he just wanted to, to be like Comet and Cupid and Dixon. He just wanted to, to find a place to, to fit in. But uh, they, they said, we don't want you, Rudolph. And so Rudolph was, was sad. Rudolph was disappointed that he wasn't made. He wasn't created. He didn't look like everybody else. That He didn't have the gifts that other people had. And Rudolph was disappointed because of who he was, wasn't happy with who he was created to be. And because of that, Rudolph had a hole in his heart. Because of that, Rudolph was sad and went into isolation. Rudolph believed that if he was able to be like the rest of the reindeer, that that would bring him peace. That if, if he could just be like the other reindeer, that somehow that would fill the, uh, the, the struggle that he was having in his soul. But that is so far from the reality of the reason God created us. God created us different on purpose. And you will never find peace in your heart and in your soul when you are trying to be something that God never created you to be. God made you different on purpose. God made you weird on purpose. Some of you, you need to embrace your weirdness and stop trying to be so picture perfect all the time and realize what makes me me is the differences, the uniqueness, and the weirdness in my life. And, and, and that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is for the weird people. 
Christmas is for the misfits. Christmas is for the ones that know that I stick out a little bit. I'm not here to blend in. That's what uh, the, the Christmas story, when he, he went to shepherds, shepherds were the misfits of their day. Shepherds were the nomads. Shepherds were the ones that, that had no home, had no place. But yet Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to send angels to go to the misfits because that's what Christmas is all about. And, and I, I am proud to be able to say to everybody what I love about our church so much is that we are a bunch of misfits. We love misfits at Shore Christian Church. That's who we are. And, and truth be told, if you're not a misfit, we're probably not a good church for you because Jesus came for the misfits. In fact, the Bible said that Jesus came for the sick, not the well. Doesn't mean that there's actually well people out there. You're all sick. You're all weird and misfit people, but there's actually people that think that they're well, that think that they're, they're, that they're just, just so much prettier and better than everybody else. Uh, Jesus didn't come for you. Jesus came for the people that realized, I got some issues, I got some struggles, I got a red nose, and I'm not afraid to be able to say, I'm not perfect, I got issues. And when you say that, then Christmas is near to you. Then you found the meaning of Christmas. And, and what I love about Rudolph, I mean, you know the story, is, is the day came when he discovered the reason why he was made different. That his day came, and his day, it was a dark day, it was a foggy night. And then Santa said, I need Rudolph in your nose to shine my way tonight. Is that the song? I don't, I don't know. And, and, and Rudolph finally, he found peace in embracing who he was created to be. And there's a great scripture that Jesus quotes in, in Matthew. He says, let your light shine. You are the light of the world, the city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. What good is a light if you put a bowl over it? But you need to allow your light to shine bright in this world. And some of you this year, you have allowed other people to put your light out. You've had allowed discouragement to put your light out. You don't have that twinkle in your eye any longer. You may be mad at, at a family member. You may even be mad at God. But I want you to know that there is still a light inside of you that this world needs to see. You need to shine bright. You're not supposed to be like everybody else. Embrace who God created you to be. And this is what I love. When you do that, suddenly when you, what you think is a liability actually becomes your greatest asset. What you look at as your greatest disappointment, I'm not like the other reindeer, actually becomes the place that God can use in the greatest way. That's the story of Christmas. Using the unusual for his glory. So we went to Whoville. Who enjoyed Whoville? We went to Whoville. We went to the North Pole. We, we, we got, we got Santa, Santa will be here around 12 o'clock, so, you know, you're going to get rid of me in, in, in just a little while. Don't worry, Santa's coming, kids, don't stress. And we went to the North Pole and we learned about Rudolph, how he was able to find peace and embracing who he was created to be. God cannot bless who you pretend to be. I, I love that so much, I'm going to say it again. God cannot bless who you pretend to be. If you keep pretending to be somebody you're not, to garnish the, ten, the attention you think you need, then you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to find peace. Peace comes from embracing who you were created to be. And the, the third 
place we're going to go, the third story, uh, is actually a story that you could read about in your history books. I don't think the Grinch is in there, and I don't think Rudolph is in there. Uh, but I know that this one is in there. And it's the story of a man who was born in 270 A.D. And uh, he, he's known as St. Nicholas. And St. Nicholas dealt with huge disappointment in his life. See, disappointments come in many different ways. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's events. And for St. Nicholas, it was an event that transformed his life completely. The greatest disappointment. When St. Nicholas was young, both of his parents were killed. Uh, he, he became an orphan at a young age, did St. Nicholas. And in his darkest place, in his lowest place, is where he found his greatest peace. Because it's told that when St. Nicholas was an orphan, that that was the place where he was able to find Jesus in his life. And when St. Nicholas, this, this young man who didn't get what other kids got, other kids had both their parents, St. Nicholas was an orphan. It wasn't fair, it wasn't right. It, it was a, a serious struggle, a serious uh, trauma that could have scarred him for the rest of his life. But when you give God your disappointments, God can transform him into something beautiful. And St. Nicholas, it, it, it's, it's an amazing story. He, he found Jesus at a young age. And St. Nicholas began becoming one of the most generous people that we have ever known. There's this incredible story of St. Nicholas where there was a, a town that he lived in in Turkey. And there were three daughters that uh, needed to get married because in that day, if, if the family didn't have enough money to, to pay the, the grooms for their, their daughters to be married, their daughters would have to be sold into slavery. That's the way the culture was back then. And there was this family in St. Nicholas's town that didn't have the money to be able to pay for their daughters to be married. And, and, and one night, St. Nicholas, unbeknownst to them, went and, and dropped gold down a chimney. And the family was able to have all three of their daughters married and save them from slavery. This is just one of the feats that St. Nicholas did in his life. And he's known as being one of the most generous people who ever lived. A legacy of generosity that almost never happened. But he found peace in the middle of his greatest disappointments. See, the real peace is not a when-then peace. A lot of times that's what we think peace is. When I get out of this season. Like anyone ever say, man, when 2019's over, I could finally have some peace. Your calendar is not going to bring you peace. Because the same crap you dealt with in 2019 is going to be waiting for you in 2020. Let me tell you, that same guy that was terrorizing and hurting you in 2019 is going to be waiting for you in 2020, just maybe in a different form. It's not a when-then peace. It's not a when-I-get-married peace that Christmas gives us. It's not a when-I-get-my-braces-off peace. It's, it's not a when-I-am-able-to-pay-off-my-student-loans peace. It's not a peace that comes in a certain event or in a certain place. But what Christmas is, is the arrival of peace. The arrival of the Prince of Peace that I could be able to have everywhere I go. It is the prophecy fulfilled in Psalms chapter 23 where it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How? Because you are with me. That's the peace 
that was delivered on Christmas. A peace that I don't have to walk to, a peace that I can walk with into every season of my life. So if I got braces on, I could have peace. If I'm still in debt, I could have peace. If I'm still divorced, I could have peace. If I'm still single, I could have peace. If I'm still struggling to find a job, I could still have peace because peace doesn't come from a job, a person, an event. The peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that you need in your mind this Christmas came on that night in Bethlehem when the Prince of Peace was in a manger and now my faith in that becomes the peace that I need to walk through every valley that I go through. That's the peace that Christmas can offer you. God, I need that peace. You need that peace. I think one of the biggest misconceptions, I just kind of shared it, is, is that peace is a, something that I find out there. Peace is something that I find by taking control of a situation. Peace is not found in perfection. Peace is not find, found in controlling everything. So many people, you're such a control freak. You try and control everything and everyone to think like you, talk like you, see things from your perspective. You're constantly frustrated with others. If you have to control everything, you will enjoy nothing. Some of you, that you needed to hear that this Christmas. That you just need to let go of your control freak mentality. And just enjoy some of the imperfections in your life and in other people. Just laugh about it. Laugh at yourself. Because I, I found that the greatest peace comes in the middle of the greatest disappointments in our life. And, and I, I close with this and we're going to have another song. Um, I, I've been in, in, in some beautiful places and have had no peace in my mind. But yet, I'll, I'll never forget, and I was talking with Diamond, praying for this service, and thinking about a moment where I really felt peace in a dark place. And it was on this day, it was April 18th, uh, 2016. And some of you who've been with our church for, for a little while, you know that was, that was the day that my father uh, passed away. Uh, it was, it was a, a beautiful day. My, my father passed away of a heart attack, suddenly preached on a Sunday morning. And, and had a heart attack Monday morning. And it, it, it was tragic. It was painful. If, if you've ever gone through anything like that, maybe you've gone through something even worse than that. And you know what it's like to get that phone call and to hear that news. And you, you, you cry until you don't have anything left to give. And, and you're hurt and you're screaming at God and you're just screaming because you don't know what else to do. And people are coming up to you and you don't, even, you don't even remember who came up to you because you're so out of it because of what you're going through. The pain, the disappointment. And I'll never forget that, that day. It was an afternoon. And I just had to go out and get some air. Just had to get out of it. Get it out of the house. Get out of the situation. And I go to Spring Lake Boardwalk. And I'm walking there with, with Diamond. And, and she had to go to the bathroom. And I'm, I'm just sitting there on one of the benches in Spring Lake Boardwalk. And I'm, I'm kind of crying, I'm upset, I'm agitated. You know, just kind of have my head down. And while I have my head down, I, I kind of see out of, the, 
corner of my eye, somebody walked close to the bench. I didn't see what he did, but I, I saw him walk by. And I looked on the, the bench, and it wasn't there before. It was, a, it was a quarter. And I look, I pick up this quarter and realize it's not what I thought it was. And on one side, it said John 3.16. And on the other side, it, it quoted it, for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I don't know how to explain it other than the fact that when I saw that coin and I tried to chase the guy down, I couldn't find him. I never felt the peace of God more in my life than I did at that very moment when I realized I know where my father is and I know that God can give me peace in the middle of my greatest disappointments. And if God can do that for me, he could do that for you too. That your greatest disappointments can become your greatest blessings when you put them in the hands of an almighty, all-loving Father. Christmas, what that word means is simply the arrival of Christ. I started off by asking you a question and sharing a story of the wise men. What do you do when you chase a star and it leads you to a stable, to a place you never expected? You do what the wise man did. They were wise because this is what they did. They found Jesus in the stable. Jesus is in that unexpected place, that place you never expected to find him in. You thought you'd find him on the mountaintop, but in fact, many times it's in the valley that we find our Savior. And that's who he is. He's a God of our disappointments. So I'm not someone who could read your mind. I don't know what your disappointment was this year. I don't know what valley you find yourself in this Christmas. A lot of times we're really good at getting dressed up on Sunday mornings and we, we put our, our nice Sunday clothes on or we go out on a Friday night with our friends and we're, we're so good at, at, at just pretending like everything is so glorious in our life. And yet so often it's the disappointments that haunt us when we go to bed at night. And a lot of times we put up a mask to try and cover the anguish that we're dealing with in our hearts that I'm not okay. But what is concealed can never be healed. Sometimes we have to take the mask off in order for the peace and the healing to come in. So what is your disappointment? God wants to meet you there this morning and this Christmas. To give you the greatest Christmas you've ever had. Not because of the presence, not because of the house that you're in, not because of the uh, amount of money you accumulated this year, not, not because of the, the, the beauty that is in your face. That's not the peace that Christmas brings. The peace that Christmas brings is a peace in the midst of disappointments, in the midst of unexpected circumstances, and in the midst of pain. That's what Christmas is all about. If we're able to, let's just bow our heads right now and, and have, have, have a moment where we're going to pray and talk to the Lord. Father, we thank you so much that you are in this place. That you are not 
in a specific location, but wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in the midst. We're here at Paramount Theater, making your name Paramount in Asbury Park. The name of Jesus. That is what we are celebrating. The arrival of our Savior. The arrival of our peace. And you come in the most unusual ways. I want to take this moment to, to pray for anybody who, who is in a place of disappointment this year. You may be disappointed in people. You may be disappointed in your spouse. You may be disappointed in God because of the way you perceive the events in your, your past transpiring and you blame God for it. Maybe your, your disappointment is an opportunity that you lost. I don't know what it is. But this Christmas, I pray that you will find the peace that surpasses all understanding. That you will find what Isaiah prophesied about. For unto us a child is born and he shall be wonderful counselor, mighty God, and the prince of peace. That in your weakness, he is strong. That it is okay to be weak because you have a mighty savior. I pray this morning that strength will come back into our hearts. That you will flood our minds with peace this Christmas. In the midst of all the family and the chaos and the debt and the struggles that we are facing, God, I pray that we're gonna have peace in our families. That we know that the best is yet to come because of who is in our life. And if God is for us, no one can be against us. Part of the mission of our church is to bring those who are far from God close to God. I know that there's some people this morning that are far from God. That you've grown a distance from God in your life. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's you thought you were self-sufficient. Maybe you thought this Christmas thing was just a great story, but there's something in you that longs for a Savior, longs to know your Creator. A lot of us, we get so caught up that we lose our connection with God. We know He's our Savior, but we're not as close with Him as we'd like. Pray that this morning will be our reconnection to God. As a church, all of us in here, I feel like it would be a beautiful thing as we just say this prayer together. It's a simple prayer. It's a prayer that, that we say that, that helps our faith be ignited in our heart. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Just say this together as a church family. Dear Jesus, we thank you for Christmas, that you came for us, you rescued us from our sins, from our shortcomings, to bring us peace and salvation. Thank you for dying for us, taking the punishment so that we could have everlasting life and everlasting peace. We thank you for that. If you're in here this morning and you said that prayer and you meant it in your heart. I just believe God wants us to have something on the outside to, to represent something that's taken place on the inside. 
every head bowed, every eye closed, moment of reference. If, if that's you this morning and you feel far from God and, and you believe this message was for you this Christmas, you want to bring your connection closer to God. Count of three, I just want you to lift your hand in recognizing the prayer that you just prayed. Count of three. One, two, Jesus loves you. Three, lift them up right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You can put them down. Put your hands together. We just had a whole slew of people find their connection to God, back to your creator. And I pray that as you made that decision this morning, that the gifts that come with that is salvation, but also peace and joy. So you go home, not just knowing where you go if, when you die, but you also go home this morning with peace and with joy. Amen.